going to be considering Baptist Catechism 94 uh, together today. And it asks, how is the word made effectual for salvation? Uh, Maybe stated a little bit differently. How is this means of grace, uh, the reading and, and preaching of the word of God, how is it made to be effective? How does it, how does it, how is it made to be effective for us so that it actually produces within us faith and growth in, in the faith? Answer, the Spirit of God maketh the reading, but especially the preaching of the Word, an effectual means of convincing and converting sinners and of building them up in holiness and comfort through faith unto salvation. We'll read Psalm 119 verses 1 through 18. Uh, You probably know that Psalm 119 is a very long uh, psalm. I think it's the longest chapter in the Bible, if I'm not mistaken. It's an acrostic poem. Uh, Each section begins with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. We'll only read a portion of it together now. Hear now the reading of God's Word. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep His testimonies, who seek Him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong but walk in His ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. This now the reading of God's holy word. May he bless the teaching of it this, in this service, in this time that we have together. I think we must remember what we learned in the last catechism question before considering this one. In question 93, we learned that God often works through means. In other words, God often uses things to accomplish His purposes. When it comes to distributing to us the benefits of the redemption that Christ has earned, He ordinarily works through four things. The Word of God, baptism, the Lord's Supper, and prayer. These have been called the ordinary means of grace. When I was together with the youth this last Wednesday, uh, we were meeting around a table outside, and there was an uh, an outlet, and there was a fan. And so I got up to illustrate this principle really quickly. I said, here is the source of power. Here is the fan that needs the power. How does the power get from the source uh, to its end, except through the means of this conduit? And so I plugged the fan in. Some of you are looking at me. You remember this. I thought, well, this is a helpful visual uh, thing uh, concerning the means of grace. That's what we're talking about here. We're asking how how does Christ bring, how does God bring the benefits that Christ has earned or the power that Christ has to us so that it empowers us? How does this work? It works through these ordinary means of grace. 
Now, this does not mean that God cannot work in our lives in other ways besides these four things that are mentioned. He certainly can. God can work in our lives in any way He chooses. But God has determined to work through these things ordinarily. He brings His elect to faith, and He strengthens them in the faith and preserves them through these ordinary means of grace, which we are now considering. In the questions that follow, our catechism will teach us a lot more about these four means of grace. We will learn a lot about how God works through the Word, baptism, the Lord's Supper, and prayer. But today, our focus is on the Word of God. Again, the question, how is the Word made effectual to salvation? The answer begins like this, The Spirit of God maketh the Word an effectual means. Uh, This will be a constant theme as we consider these means of grace. How do they become effective? How do they get the job done in bringing sinners to repentance and faith and in sanctifying God's children and causing them to persevere? How does God make these things powerful and effective for His elect? The answer is, the Spirit of God makes these ordinary things effective. And I think you know this. Uh, Many will hear the Word of God proclaimed but only some will believe it. Many will hear the Word of God proclaimed, but only some will believe it. And so what makes the difference, we might ask? Is it the skill of the preacher? Is is it the inherent goodness, or lack thereof, of the hearer? And we must say, no. It is God who makes the difference. In particular, it is the Spirit of God who opens blind eyes and unstops deaf ears. The Spirit makes the Word an effective means of salvation. This is why Jesus said, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. And how does the Father draw sinners except by the working of the Holy Spirit as the Word is preached? He draws sinners to Himself by these means, through the preaching of the Word of God and by the working of the Holy Spirit. So it is the Spirit working within the minds and hearts of men and women who makes these ordinary means of grace effective. Uh, In other words, these things by themselves will not get the job done. The Word preached will not have any effect if it is not accompanied by the working of the Holy Spirit, you see. And the same may be true for the other means of grace. And notice that our catechism teaches that the Spirit makes reading, but especially the preaching of the Word an effectual means. I think it is right that our catechism mentions both the reading and the preaching of the Word as a means of grace, while at the same time giving priority to the preached Word. So, you should read your Bibles, brothers and sisters. You should. You are blessed to have copies of the Holy Scriptures translated in your native tongue and accessible in your homes. Think of it. You are very blessed to have the Scriptures in your possession and to be able to read them, even yourselves. It's a great blessing. So read the Scriptures. But do not forget that the vast majority of God's people did not have this privilege. The vast majority of people living throughout history and even in the world today do not have or did not have this privilege. How then were God's people in times past or in other places in the world today fed with God's Word? The answer is this. They would assemble together with the people of God to hear the Scriptures read 
and preached. Think of how intently they would listen to the Scriptures read if they did not have copies for themselves to look at or to see up on a screen or if they knew that when they went home they would not have a copy for themselves. Think of how intently they would listen to the Word of God read. They would hear it and make every effort to keep it in their minds and in their hearts. And then they would listen to the Word of God preached. In other words, they would listen to the minister of the Word uh, as he explained the the meaning of of Holy Scripture and made some suggestion for application to their lives. So they would assemble together. And so pastors are given to the church by Christ, and one of their primary responsibilities is to read the Scriptures to the congregation. Paul wrote to Timothy saying, Until I come, devote yourselves yourself to the public reading of Scripture. That is 1 Timothy 4.13. It's one of the main things that, that Timothy was to do. He was to devote himself to this. He was to stand up in front of the congregation and read Scripture. And so I do ask you, brothers and sisters, do you listen intently to the Scriptures when they are read? It is God's Word, and so we should listen intently. But pastors are also to preach the Word They are to proclaim it. They are to teach it. They are to apply it to the congregation. Listen again to Paul's words to Timothy. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. And then he goes on to say, to exhortation, to teaching. So those last two words, they go beyond reading, don't they? Read it, but then exhort, which means to to encourage or to spur along. So pastors are to exhort from the Scriptures And they are to teach the Scriptures. That means they are to explain the meaning of the Word of God. In another place, Paul says, I charge you in the presence of God and Jesus Christ, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by His appearing and His kingdom, preach the Word. This is, again, Paul to Timothy. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming where people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. This this idea that people will have itching ears means they will be eager to hear something new and interesting, something that will, as Paul says, suit their passions. It, it It will resonate with the passions that are within him. And Paul is saying to Timothy and to all pastors, Do not deviate from the task. Be faithful to read the Word of God and to preach it to the congregation, even if the people are not interested in hearing, but wish to hear other things. Be faithful is what Paul calls Timothy to do. So the Word of God is to be read aloud, and it is to be preached. And it is the Spirit of God that maketh the reading, but especially the preaching of the Word, an effectual means unto salvation. So I might ask you, are you eager to hear the Word preached, brothers and sisters? And I want you to notice what the Spirit of God does within His elect through the Word when it is faithfully read and preached. There's a whole list of things here in this catechism question. We'll go through it very quickly. The catechism says that through the Word, as the Spirit works, people are convinced. He convinces sinners. Um, Where are we convinced? In the mind or in the heart, I ask you. Being convinced, that's something that takes place in the mind. So the Spirit takes the Word of God and works within people so that their minds are changed. They used to think one way, but they are convinced to think another. Really, you could 
you could see how the text we studied this morning was seeking to, to do that to our minds, right? Jesus is saying here, you need to have this way of thinking, this mindset, this perspective. You used to think this way, but now you need to think this way. The Word of God is read and preached, and as the Spirit works, the minds of God's people are convinced. The Catechism also says that sinners are converted. That means they are changed. Uh, this involves more than the mind. The mind is changed, but also the heart, and indeed this results in a change of, of, of the way of life of the person. He converts sinners. He builds them up in holiness uh, through the Word as the Spirit works. He builds them up in holiness. Holiness has to do with pure living. It has to do with obedience to God. He builds them up in comfort. Do you not need to be comforted by the Word? You indeed do. You are comforted by the Word when you read it yourselves, and you are especially comforted by the Word as you come to hear it read and preached. The Word of God comforts us because it communicates to us the truth about God, about ourselves, and about our eternal hope in Christ Jesus. All of this is received, our catechism says, through faith. And so I say to you that to hear the Word of God read and preached will do you no good at all unless you believe it, unless you believe what is said, and ultimately unless you believe in Christ. Our faith must be rooted in Christ, for He is the Savior. And all of this, notice, is unto salvation. This is all unto salvation. Uh, this is the result uh, that through the Word of God, sinners are drawn to faith in Christ. Through the Word of God, sinners are built up in the faith so that they persevere in Christ. And the end result is salvation, life eternal in the new heavens and new earth. So let me conclude with three brief points of application. One, if we wish to see sinners come to faith and repentance, we must preach the Word. For it is the means that God has determined to use. We cannot only pray. We must pray. But we cannot stop there. We must also proclaim the Word of God. It needs to be proclaimed in public. And also we need to testify in private concerning Jesus Christ and our hope in Him. So yes, we must pray. Yes, we must do good works. Yes, we must be nice people. But we cannot stop short of Speaking of Christ, we must preach the Word of God. And this is what Paul says in Romans 1.16. This passage was preached at our last quarterly worship gathering with our association. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And so, how does salvation come to people? It is through this gospel of Jesus Christ. We must, we must preach it. Two, if we wish to grow in Christ, being built up in holiness and comfort, then we must listen to the Word read and preached. If we are to grow in holiness, it is going to be through our encounter with the Holy Scriptures and by the working of the Holy Spirit. So let us come with minds and hearts prepared. Let us come with minds and hearts prepared to hear God's Word to us. Three, if the Word is to benefit, benefit us at all, then we must come to it in faith. And this itself is the gift of God. And so I do again say to you, brothers and sisters, be sure to prepare your hearts to hear God's Word. Pray that the Lord would increase your faith as you come to hear the Word read and preached each and every Lord's Day. I wonder if you uh, notice the, the, the concluding line of the passage that we read from Psalm 119. In verse 18, 
the psalmist uh, says, Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. This is, this is the psalmist pleading with God that as he comes to the Word of God that he loves so much, that God would open his eyes. Of course, his physical eyes were open as he read. What is he saying? He's saying, give me, give me understanding. Uh, give me knowledge. Give me insight into the Holy Scriptures. And that prayer should be ours. Every time we open the Word of God, we should say to God, by your Spirit, would you make this Word effective in my heart and in my mind. Open my eyes that I might see the wondrous things of, of your law. So, once again, how is the Word made effectual to salvation? Answer, the Spirit of God maketh the reading, but especially the preaching of the Word, an effectual means of convincing and converting sinners and of building them up in holiness and comfort through faith unto salvation. May the Lord bless the reading and preaching of His Word here in this place. May He bless us as we consume God's Word, even in private and as families. May the Lord make us strong in Christ Jesus. Let's bow together for a brief prayer and then we will go to corporate prayer. Father in heaven, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for Your law. I pray that You would increase our appetite for it, that we would always be eager to consume it. Lord, help us individually to read the Scriptures more. May we see Your Word as being the most precious thing. May we run to it because it is a treasure to us. And especially help us as we assemble together as a congregation. Help us to focus our minds and to have our hearts open to the Scriptures. Give us the ability to, to focus our attention on what is being read and proclaimed. Help us not to drift, O Lord. And then help us to remember the truths we have heard. And give us the strength to put them into practice. We pray that you would do this for our good. We pray that you would also do this so that your name might be glorified in all the earth. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.